Hello and welcome to this edition of our Director's Briefing podcast. This is a bit of a different podcast. Our Chief Economist, Tej Parekh, is moving on from the IOD. His four years at the organisation has covered a very interesting time for UK economic and political environment. And so now seems like a good time to sit back and reflect on a busy tenure. My name is Joe Fitzsimons, a Senior Policy Advisor here at the IOD, and I'm joined by our Chief Economist, Tej Parekh. Welcome, Tej. So you joined in, I think it's the summer of 2017. Can you give us a flavour of the economic and political environment back then? Thanks, Joe. Um, Yeah, it's a very sad final podcast for me, but um, I think you're right. It's a perfect time to reflect on what has been a very topsy-turvy period um, for for the British economy and, and politics. Um, I mean, just a bit of context, actually, you know, so when I started in July 2017, you know, it was about, you know, almost a decade on from financial crisis. It was one year on from the Brexit vote, and it was uh, one month on from the general election. And from a political perspective, there were kind of two big strands taking place. I mean, the first was this post-financial crisis economic environment where, you know, wage growth was weak, um, living standards hadn't picked up significantly, um, and there was obviously a, a wider debate around austerity and the role of government spending and supporting the economy and supporting it out of, um, you know, long-term crisis that that kind of meant that UK economic growth was pretty weak after um, the financial crisis Um, and and this was kind of packed into this wider issue around productivity Uh, productivity growth since the financial crisis was very weak in the UK and that had an impact on living standards wage growth um, and that was all kind of meshing with that whole wider debate around austerity and, you know, the economy not working for, you know, workers. And um, that really drove this kind of new debate when I joined. Um, that was always emerging at that time around the role of businesses in society and this wider debate around, you know, capitalism and its limits. Um, and that was fueling, if you like, um, growing attention to the more left-wing elements of the Labour Party, which obviously had an impact on that June 2017 general election. And then the other strand was, of course, Brexit. Now, Brexit, again, was, I would say, you know, arguably the result of those, um, you know, economic factors since the financial crisis, Um, the economy not working for people, but then also kind of linked in with a wider debate around um, you know taking back control over certain decision making um the forces of globalization that had benefited some people in urban areas but not other people around the uk so i had joined kind of at this time where you had that this wider kind of um these wider political debates taking place and of course um it you know in that time, we we just had a you know, the Theresa May Conservative Party kind of lost its majority. It'd gone 
to kind of join forces with, with the DUP to kind of maintain support in Parliament. And really, for what was a period in which really should have been about trying to, you know, obviously move forward with what Brexit will look like for the UK, um, there was a lot of kind of media, political and, you know, civil service attention really kind of administratively, um, you know, all of Westminster was focusing purely on just Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. And um, the factors that fed into Brexit that I just described were kind of almost cast aside for this period. And it was quite interesting for me because I, of course, had come in to the IOD at that time to really look at some of those long-term issues that had you know, precipitated that change in the political environment. Um, so the industrial strategy um, 2017 in November was meant to be coming out and I, I came in at that time to focus on um, you know, how do we improve our productivity, how do we improve economic growth across the UK, but you were just coming up against this time where I, I think the full attention of everyone was on what's happening with Brexit and became its own kind of you know sub-industry at the time um, so a lot of focus kind of went away from those long-term issues. Thank you very much Tej and could you talk a little bit more about what the key policy issues during that time were? Yeah so I mean you couldn't really get away from Brexit and the ins and outs of what the government wanted Brexit to look like. Um, now, at the time, it, it was mainly about what is politically feasible and what could be passed through, and you know who on the opposition benches and, and the different parties supports what. So it was really an, more pol- politicking than you know any kind of policy, you know, tangible policy discussion at the time. So. The big policy issues were really our members and businesses across the country were trying to trying to get a sense of what direction the government could go in and what Brexit could look like. Because you know, Article Article Fifty was a was a two year process. We were about you know not we had triggered it um, you know just about a, a quarter or so before I joined and you know businesses were trying to kind of shape up really for what what that would look like um unfortunately there wasn't really much clarity on that as I said because it was just a lot of politics at the start so the policy world is more about how do businesses manage that uncertainty you know how do they manage the uncertainty of what they don't know what's coming next um and how do they operate in that environment and so I think the big policy issues for us was I mean, how do you, particularly during the, you know, any fiscal events and government support, is how do you encourage businesses to invest? Um, and so I think the, the big policy issues were looking at investment incentives, how do you drive productivity growth? And, you know, the aim of these was, you know, in the long run, these things would also support some of the issues that precipitate that political environment, because that should help drive you know wage growth and a pickup in in living standards um so i think those were kind of emerging policy issues at the time um as i said 
you know, what kind of came, uh, I suppose, a bit awkwardly in, in the middle of that period was um, the 2017 um, November Industrial Strategy, which was, you know, a, a government attempt to try and actually create a long term agenda on how do we, you know, drive productivity growth after this decade of, you know, weak growth since the financial crisis. And, you know, looking back at that period, it was unfortunate because a lot of that agenda could not really hit the ground running because we had to really get Brexit almost. We needed to understand what direction Brexit was going in because, of course, the regional growth agenda, the productivity agenda, the infrastructure agenda, all of it would really depend on, you know, a certain element of our relationship with with the EU. So the, the, the big issues then were like really kind of fielding members' queries around um, how we saw Brexit um, emerging at the time. Um, and as I mentioned, there was this other kind of political strand about the role of business in society. Um, and so we saw a bit more, you know, over time, there's always been a lot of intensity on um, on business and, you know, business practices. But I think it was also a period where, you know, a lot of people were feeling the, the economy was not working for them. And so there was a bit more focus on bad business practices. And I think from a corporate governance perspective, there was a lot of work for us as an organization um, because there are a number of kind of, you know, scandals or kind of issues pointed out as poor practice in in some businesses. And there's a more intense focus on, you know, what role can businesses play in in, in supporting society and the economy more broadly. So so that was a kind of emerging issue then as well wow it certainly sounds like it was a, a very busy busy period and how would you say has sort of the economic and political backdrop changed since that time yeah well i guess you know the, the best way to kind of go through that is i mean for starting with the political environment so i guess you know, to some extent i've taken you up until like the end of 2017 you know we had had the general election this summer yeah, the industrial strategy out and in 2017 and then um i think in, in, in q1 2018 there seemed to be a bit of um bit of a kind of improvement in the direction of um of brexit um insofar as you know we had um a bit more clarity on, on what it might look like a bit more kind of progress if you like on the different phases of the negotiations um, there was an agreement to have um, you know, a form of transition between the UK and the EU. And so at the end of Q1, we, we actually saw member confidence kind of finally come back into positive territory after it went into severe negative territory in you know, literally the month before I started. And that was because of the election bringing new political uncertainty. Uh, but as some of the negotiations moved on, it, we reached a bit of a kind of a bit of positivity but then we had um uh, the checkers meeting in, in 2018 and we had a period of um you know 
cabinet resignations, um, MPs quitting, creating new parties. Um, the draft withdrawal agreement finally came out at the end of um, 2018. Um, and then we were working our way to the kind of March 31st deadline in 2019. So, you know, 2018 was really a period where I remember every time there was a speech, a cabinet meeting or other form of Brexit interaction, um, you know, both the markets and our, and our and our own members' confidence was so sensitive to any single announcement. And, the, you know, the media at this time was also in a frenzy over trying to interpret every last kind of word. Um, so it was a very kind of busy period. And actually, you know, as I was saying before, 2018, it was... It was a period in which all of that kind of work on the industrial strategy the year before almost kind of went to waste because you really couldn't build momentum on on any of those agenda agenda items. So, I mean, that was the kind of political backdrop up until you know twenty nineteen, and from a policy perspective, it was again um, you know the the government was going through this and. Um, productivity review, trying to kind of support um, businesses in the UK to, to you know, boost their productivity. The narrative had shifted from focusing on, you know, big picture kind of investment on, on infrastructure and regional growth, which we always knew we had to do, to looking at businesses as um, units of productivity in the economy and how can we actually get those individual units to boost their productivity. So that was a a big piece of work that we focused on with our members over 2018, but it was very difficult to really get any attention and um, traction on those long-term items because you know Brexit was sucking in a lot of attention. Um, and then I suppose in 2019, um, you know, when everyone thought we were kind of moving to towards some conclusion of this, of course. March 31st would have been two years since Article 50 was, was triggered. Um, we then had a period where, you know, Theresa May could just not get the withdrawal agreement through. It eventually ended up in, you know, her resignation that summer. Boris Johnson then comes in. And, you know, I think Boris Johnson really did kind of, you know, did capture a bit more of, um, I suppose, because he brought back this majority to the Conservative Party, I think a lot of businesses, the markets and investors in the UK thought that this was a period in which there might be you know, relatively more political stability than the period that preceded it. And, you know, um, eventually we then came right the way up to the election in, in, in 2019. Um, where he, he got that majority and you know we saw this surge in business confidence you know uh, and, and it was more kind of a, a relief from businesses because you know the, the Johnson government was a bit more clear on what well to some extent a bit more clear on um you know that Brexit was indeed going to happen and you know they'd be prepared to kind of walk away from negotiations and and oddly enough I think that gave some some business leaders were able to try and prepare for the worst at least. It obviously left SMEs in a very difficult position. But yeah, we ended 2019 with business confidence back to a high. Um, and so, you know, we entered uh, 
2020 with a bit of optimism. Um, now, that was, of course, right up until we hit March 2020, um, when, of course, the pandemic hit. Um, so, you know, business leaders and, of course, those in Westminster and, and obviously ourselves really didn't get much rest in that period, um, despite seemingly ending 2019 with, with like a bit of positivity that, you know, for the first time, you know, we do have a government that's actually thinking long term. You know, there was this whole big leveling up speech and, um, you know, speech about investing in the UK and to some extent a bit of a change in narrative around, you know, moving away from austerity to spending. Um, and then, yes, uh, you know, uh, the pandemic is a completely uh, different story for that matter. And just on the pandemic, how did it change your role as, as chief economist from that hectic period from March uh, 2020 until now? It's, it's been a, a unique period, I imagine. Yeah, so there was this, there was this kind of period when you know the Johnson government came in where we felt that we could kind of start putting longer term things back on the agenda, you know, reforming the skills agenda, looking at how we boost research and development, looking at how how we kind of feed into to the leveling up agenda. And and so there was this kind of return after this like two year hiatus from when I started that we could look at the long-term policy agenda and long-term economic growth and you know, turn those productivity numbers around. But the pandemic basically meant we were right back into a period of just, um, you know, short-term policy making. But it was a different type of po- short-term policy making to Brexit. Now, Brexit was more about trying to interpret each of the ins and outs and the the different kind of nuances and speeches and directions and what it might mean for for businesses going forward. But with the pandemic, it was, you know, in in February 2020, we actually, you know, as a team in the IOD, we were trying to work out what exactly is going to happen with this. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, they thought this, look, this is just another one of those kind of Asian flus that, um comes and goes and it rarely affects the rest of the world but what we decided to do actually we did we did one of the very first surveys of uk business leaders on the pandemic in february 2020 and we noticed that a lot of our members were already feeling a bit of a pinch in their supply chains and trading and there was a bit of uncertainty around the role of the pandemic and actually coincidentally that was that survey itself was cited in the Bank of England's minutes um, and that led to kind of extraordinary kind of, well, it was one piece of evidence that led to extraordinary um, measures implemented by the Bank of England in March. And I remember in, in early March when I think people started to realise that this is a serious issue and it's actually coming to the UK, Europe, and it's going to be a bit bigger than just an, an Asian kind of flu. Um, it was a it was a manic period where um, you know a budget was already kind of planned um, for for then you know um, we had just seen Rishi Sunak come in as as Chancellor 
um, you know, a last bit of kind of turmoil we had seen, a last bit of kind of like deck um, chair shifting, I suppose, um, in another cabinet change in, in that time. Um, it was a very kind of COVID budget and we were trying to put measures into that that we thought could support businesses. So we were looking all the way back to the financial crisis and some of the measures put in place then, you know, are there kind of emergency loan schemes, supporting businesses with their tax payments, other forms of relief, all of these things, you know, all of a sudden overnight, we went from looking at a, you know, a long-term budget to like a bit of a, a COVID um, budget and looking at the support measures. And then I remember the period from March to, to pretty much April and May, where, you know, the furlough scheme, the self-employed schemes and various other schemes were announced, supporting, you know, different sectors and segments of, of the economy and the business in, um, environment. It was a time in which the role of being an advocate for business businesses was kind of your often I mean you know in a normal time your time frame is you lobby over 12 months you know you decide what policies you want to put in place and you kind of build up campaigns and you build up the research now in a pandemic that shifted to that 12 month kind of horizon shifted to a week and, you know, I remember starting each day thinking, right, we need, we need a new kind of um, uh, policy to advocate to support, you know, wages of workers in UK companies. And then, you know, you'd spend a couple of days trying to work up ideas on what type of schemes could be um, useful here and what type of schemes we could recommend to the government. And it was just that type of environment where there's regular meetings, ministers, and, cabinet and other stakeholders just trying to churn things out on a on a very kind of narrow time frame so it was in it was a hectic period but it was also one in which it was highly you know a lot of job satisfaction in that period because you're seeing the immediate impacts of what you're doing and I you know I think I look back at that period and I think everyone you know including the government were it was a very difficult period but i think you know the measures that were put in place and we're seeing the support that it's given to the economy so far was um you know very timely very quick and you know the best really that could have been done at the time you know there were obviously some exclusions but um you know looking back at where we were i think it was a very kind of impressive set of measures put out would absolutely agree with that. Yeah, very interesting period and so much happening um, all at once for, for a prolonged period of time. Um, and just looking forward now, I suppose, how do you see sort of the economic political environment for business changing as we as we move forward beyond the, the current situation? Yeah, so, you know, I, I think we ended 2020 with a bit of optimism. There was the announcement of the vaccine um, but then we started 2021 with this kind of new surge in cases and a return to lockdown and then in q1 we had you know a relatively good budget um, there were some measures in there to look forward there was um, 
the government's revision, if you like, of the industrial strategy and, and, and an attempt to kind of build up a new long-term agenda post-pandemic um, as part of this kind of wider build back better kind of program. Um, so there was this kind of period where we we felt like there was a refocus on, on the long-term agenda and some kind of um, government initiatives did suggest that. Um, there was this revised focus on um, digital and tech, which had you know, received this surge of interest during the pandemic as our members and businesses more generally tried to adapt by kind of digitizing their business models. So there are some, certainly some green shoots, but you know, we haven't really been able to shake off the pandemic. You know, the, the, the roadmap to, to reopen the economy has, um, you know, certainly provided business leaders with a bit of a pathway to kind of, you know, rescale their organizations again. But we are now in a very kind of interesting period. I think, you know, as I mentioned from, from, from I, I suppose the four years ago when I started, there was this emerging debate around the role of business in society. And I think that's only been exacerbated even more. We're now seeing more of that in terms of the, the growth of the ESG space, the role of business in, in um, the environment and also supporting local communities as we saw that emerge over the pandemic. And, you know, I think there's, as I said, there's now this a bit more of a government attention slowly shifting to, to the long term. Now that you know, to some extent, you know, Brexit is, um, Brexit negotiations at least are kind of in in the past, and you know, we are trying to shake off the pandemic so we can see the the, the policy and political environment looking forward. Um, so I think for, for businesses, it's and we I. We've all seen this in in our own survey data. I think it's you know it's quite apt that actually on my final month um, at the IOD, IOD member confidence rose to its highest on record. Actually, the highest since we started recording it four years ago. And you know it's a reflection of the fact that that uncertainty of Brexit is now out of the way. There's a bit more political stability. Um, in that sense with the majority of conservative government and now with the pandemic you know slowly kind of moving out of our um rear view mirror there is a bit of clarity now for business leaders to look forward to rebuild after the pandemic and i think it's going to be a very interesting period there's a lot of new trends emerging particularly the role of technology in business the role of business in in society more generally um, and obviously, you know, industrial strategy 2.0 and looking at the, the government's agenda to actually now return to all of those long-term issues. Um, and I think really the devil will be in the detail. I know there's been a lot of kind of slogans in terms of leveling up and build back better from the current government. The real thing is actually putting the meat on the bones of those policies. And I think the IOD is going to be, you know, well positioned to actually kind of return to that long-term agenda and help shape those big issues going forward. Well, thank you very much, Taj. It's been fascinating going through this um, sort of journey from from 2017 to now and amazing to consider sort of 
how much things can change and uh, how, how how many things can happen in such a short space of time. Um, I hope you don't mind me asking, but would you mind telling us about what you're what you're doing next and what your plans are for the future? Sure. Um, I'll be moving to uh, the US credit rating agency, um, Fitch Ratings, and I'll be um, a director in their, their economics team. So the focus will be on kind of more global macro themes and forecasting for, for different parts of the global economy. So it will be kind of taking what I've been doing in the UK and, and looking at that with through a more global um, and a thematic lens and focusing on the organization's uh, global macro thought leadership. And, you know, I think what I've really been, you know, gifted with here at the IOD is an ability to understand these wider economic trends, I suppose, through the kind of micro lens of the businesses and the policy makers that actually, you know, are key agents in economic outcomes. So I'm sure I'll be able to bring some some fresh insights to to the organization. That sounds fantastic. Sounds very exciting. Thank you, Ted, for this discussion and indeed for, for all of your um for all of your dedication and hard work and I know that all of our listeners will be wishing you all the very best in your uh, exciting new roles. So we'll, of course, be keeping in touch. Um, and thank you to everyone at home who's joined us for this particular podcast. We will be back again very soon with further updates, analysis and insights. Thank you. Thank you.